Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to James chapter 1 and uh, meet me at verse 2 and we're going to read through verse 4. James chapter 1 verse 2 through verse 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Father, let my eyes see, let my ears hear, let my heart understand, let me preach this word today that will benefit your people. Let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Last week, we talked about the the pursuit. We talked about blind pursuit. And I encourage anyone that didn't get a chance to listen to the message last week to go back, listen to it. It's available to you free of charge, truelifefc.org. You can watch the video and or you can listen to the audio. But we talked about pursuing Jesus. And like Jeannie was saying in the offering, sometimes we pursue things, but ultimately we must pursue Jesus. And we find the two blind men begin to follow and pursue Jesus. And the proof of desire is pursuit. If you say you desire him, the proof of that desire is pursuit. And so we must, we must pursue Jesus. We got to follow him. We have to go after him and we must pursue him. And I want to piggyback off of, I want to continue last week's message on pursuit. I want to tell you a little bit about what we just read here in the epistle of James. Now, let me give you a little background on James. James is the half-brother of Jesus. And so James grew up in the house of Jesus. And they were kids, teenagers, whatever the case may be. They were in the house together. And uh, it's believed that James did not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ when Jesus was present on the earth. It's believed that James was uh, not a follower of Jesus. But you can kind of imagine that, right? Your, your brother is the Lord Jesus. He's the son of God, right? I mean, you're not going to, you know, I could see that. You're not going to really believe that, you know, your brother is the Lord. Matter of fact, in ministry, uh, this is a footnote, but in ministry, it's really, really difficult for family members to follow the, the, the leader, the pastor. The, it's really difficult for that to take place. I mean, the scripture even talks a lot about how issues occur with family and with leadership, with pastors. I was talking to a pastor one particular time. He was so distraught that uh, his you know, brothers and sisters and his wife's family would not come to his church. I mean, it just irked him and bothered him. And I'm saying, man, they didn't even come listen to Jesus preach. So, I mean, listen, Jesus' family members weren't, weren't supportive of him. Don't, you're in good, you're in good, you know, good, good category. You know, you're, you're, you're on the same side of Jesus. Don't, don't be concerned about that. You reach other family members. And I believe as I'm reaching other family members that someone is reaching my family. Amen. And so, James, the half-brother of Jesus, it is well 
known or it is believed that he was not a follower of Jesus until Jesus resurrected. And once Jesus resurrected, he became an instant follower of Jesus. And now he is, at the time of this writing, he's a pastor of a church in Jerusalem. So he's a follower now of the resurrected Lord and Savior, and he's leading a group of people to follow Jesus. And the first thing he tells us in this passage is to my brother. And so he's talking to his fellow constituents. My brother counted all joy when you fall into various trials. And so I want to talk a little bit about various trials, various trials. Somebody say various. Various trials. That means different trials. That means diverse a set of trials. That means trials that come with no rhyme or no reason. That it's just trials that just, they just appear. They show up and they are apparent in your life. Various trials. James tells us that we are going to go through various trials. There are going to be tests. There are going to be temptations. There are going to be some pressure and some struggle and some squashing and some squeezing. Everything's not going to be cotton candy and Happy Meal at McDonald's. There are going to be some things that you go through. But, but this is so important when, you're, when you know you're going through this test. James says something uh, I think is profound. He says, count it all joy. Somebody shout joy. joy. He says, count it all joy. Joy. Consider it all joy when you go through these various trials. Count it all joy. If we really think about this word joy, we, we know that joy has in and of itself an eternal value connected with it. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a second because uh, and I'll, I'll go a little deeper where that's concerned. But I want you to hear this morning that there are going to be trials, and you must understand that these trials are an examination. It's a testing of your faith. There's like a measurement that's, that's taking place. Uh, there's going to be a test. Uh, do you believe what you say? Do you believe what you say? I mean, how do I know we, you believe what you say unless there's a test connected to it? How do I know where you measure up unless there's a a test connected to it. How do we know how, how to examine you unless you are examined with a test? And so there are going to be tests. I don't want this church to be afraid of tests. I don't want you to be afraid of trials and temptations. I don't want you to think that you don't have any faith because it's the examination of your faith that's being tested. And so there are going to be trials. And listen, trials are not coming to make you strong. Trials are coming to kill you. Trials are coming to eliminate you. Trials are coming to get you suicidal, to get you to quit, to get you to do something that you wouldn't normally do. This is the, the purpose of the trials. God's not sending the test or trial. Matter of fact, in James chapter 1, verse 13, he says, God is not the one that's tempting you. No temptation comes from him. He's not the tempter. He's not the one testing you. But there are trials and tests that will come that will examine you to find out where you are. And I'll tell you what, a relationship that hasn't been tested can't be trusted. A relationship that hasn't been tested can't be trusted. But these trials aren't coming to make you strong. Matter of fact, if they were coming to make you strong, each and every one of us would look like the Incredible Hulk. Hello. We, we would all be strong and tough and, and, and just, uh, you know, bulletproof. But they're not, they're not coming to make you strong. They are coming to take you out. They're coming to get you off course. But James says, count it all joy when you experience 
this type of testing. Uh, consider joy. Don't disregard joy. Don't eliminate joy. So we have to define what joy is. And joy simply is cheerfulness. Uh, joy simply is uh, positive. Joy is uh, something that uplifts your spirits. Joy is something that encourages you. And uh, the function of joy is to give you strength. The function of joy is to give you strength. The function of joy is to give you victory. Joy is what causes you to get stronger. Uh, sadness is what causes you to get weaker. If you're feeling weak and tired, consider have you not tapped into this force called joy. Every believer that has received Jesus as their Lord and Savior has the fruit of joy on the inside of them. And all you need to do is draw it up. You need to dig down deep on the inside of you and draw up this fruit of joy, this force of joy. It will give you strength and it will cause you to be victorious. But I found out in my years, decades of uh, full-time ministry, uh, over a decade, but I've been in ministry a lot longer with youth ministry and that sort of thing. I found out that most people are strong in the Lord and in the power of their might, of his might until they go through a trial. Oh, I'm so strong in the Lord. I'm so blessed. And as soon as the trial come, we, 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 we can examine you. And you've now been measured up to what you're saying that you believe. Uh, so I must ask you and be honest because I'm talking to uh, people today that are going through a trial right now that have simply just come out of a trial or you're headed into a trial. And uh, how do you conduct yourself? Be honest. How do you conduct yourself when in the midst of a trial? How do you conduct yourself? Be honest. In the midst of a trial, do you get angry? Do you, do you start cussing folks out? Do you, do you stop? Re you said, yes, brother, don't start cussing folks out. Now, do you... <laughs> Do you do you do you get frustrated? Do you do you get mad? Do you do you do you stop reading the word? Do you stop spending time with the Lord? How do you conduct yourself in a trial? And I want to encourage you. It's so very important. I thought it was interesting that James used this word joy right at the at the beginning of this epistle. He talks about this force of joy. See, happiness is based upon your external circumstances, but joy is unaffected by those circumstances. Your happiness is a feeling. Joy is not a feeling. Joy is positive. Uh, joy will, will strengthen you. Joy will, will cause you to continue, but happiness is fleeting. You know, you get, a, you get a new car. This is how you know the difference between happiness and joy. You get a new car, and for the first few months, oh, that car is so nice, and oh, it's great. And then about four months later, you, you're leaving trash in the car. You, you're, not, you, you're not as appreciative as you were of it before. And, and then you, and give, it, give it a year or two, and you want a whole new one. Well, that, that's just happiness, but joy is thankful that you have a car. Joy is like, praise God, I'm glad that I have a vehicle, glory be to God. Joy is always connected to questions such as, what are you looking forward to? What are you looking forward to? Or what are you excited about? What are you excited about? Here's why. Joy always has this anchor in eternal 
circumstances, or I should say eternal value. Joy has its anchor in the future. So joy is always thinking about the future. And so ask yourself, what am I excited about and what am I looking forward to? And if you're not excited about anything and not looking forward to anything, I submit to you that you have not tapped into this force called joy that's on the inside of you. Then when the test comes, you are weak and then this test will eventually defeat you. But if you can tap into eternal value and you can say, you know what, I'm going to heaven. I mean, that's where joy is really connected to. I am going to heaven. Whether this bill gets paid, whether it don't get paid, I'm going to heaven. Whether I get married, whether I don't get married, I'm going to heaven. This is how you can stay joyful, that this is my ultimate eternal destination. It is heaven. And so this test might be tough. This test might be rough. But at the end of the day, I'm going to heaven. And that's something to get excited about. That's something to be joyful over. How do you maintain joy in a test? How do you maintain joy when you're going through a test or in a trial? And, and truth be told, all of us over the last, what, 18 months, 24 months have, got, have been tested and tried. And we are still in the middle of being tested and tried with all of the things that are going on in our country, in the world. We're considerably being tested and tried. And so how do you maintain joy? I think you have to look at your, uh, you have to look at what you're looking at. You have to consider your perspective. Uh, you, you have to turn your eyes towards what's wrong and start looking at what's really right going on in your body. Uh, sometimes when I go get a physical and, I'll, and the doctor would tell you, you know, all, okay, you know, you got a list of stuff. And then he might say, okay, you need to consider this going on in your body. You need to consider that. And then I'll go home and I'll tell my wife, man, the doctor said, I need to consider this. I need to consider that. And, I'm, and I'll get down on myself like, man, we got to work on that. You know, I got to, I got to do that. And she'll, she'll look at me and say, but look at all the other stuff that's going right in your body. Look at all the other stuff that's operating effectively in your body. Look, the last time you went, these numbers came down. And the last time you went, you know, the weight came down, whatever the case may be. Look at what's going on good in your life. See, joy, then, how do you maintain joy in a trial? You start changing your perspective, and you look at what's good happening in your life. And that will cause you to be thankful. And so the, the fruit of thanksgiving will be joy. The, the result of thanksgiving will be joy, not happiness, which can change. It turns to this force called joy. So change your perspective in the trial. Start looking at the trial as, you know what? I'm going to learn something through this. I'm going to get through this stronger. It's like when I go lift weights. It's like, man, that, them weights are heavy, but if I keep pushing through the weights, it's going to make me strong. And so it, it, you got to consider the perspective uh, of your situation in order to maintain joy, start looking at what is good going on. Thanksgiving will begin to occur when you start focusing on what is right, what is good, and what has God done for me. This is how you maintain joy through a test and a trial. We talked about you have to consider eternal, uh, the, the eternity and the eternal value of things. Uh, that's how you maintain joy. Stop looking at the momentary aspects of what's going on in your life and start considering eternity, what's in the future. That will cause you 
to have joy in your life. Another, another way to maintain joy in your life is you're going to have to be a giver. Oh, got quiet on that one. People, oh, I want to hold on to my stuff. What are you talking about? I got to give something. You're going to have to be a giver because it is more blessed. Jesus said in Acts 20, 35, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. You want to create joy in your life? Give something significant away. You want to create joy in your life? Go bless somebody. You want to create joy in your life? Go be a blessing to someone. It doesn't have to be big. It can be something really, really small. Don't think, I got to give, a, I don't have a thousand, I wish I had a thousand. Give the ten dollars you have. Give something away. Be a blessing to someone and that will cause you to maintain joy in your life. You're going through a trial. Things are tough. Find someone to bless. Find someone to bless. We'll say it again. Find someone to bless. It will create joy on the inside of you, and that joy will be adrenaline that will flow through you that will help you get through any testing and trial that is occurring in your life. And so it is the joy of the Lord that is your strength. It is joy that causes you to be victorious. And I, I, I thought it was very key that James tells us, count it all joy. Don't disregard joy. Don't, don't eliminate joy. you got to count joy in the equation when you're going through a trial because there's a testing going on. There's an examination, a measurement that's taking place. And, and he says in verse 3, he says, knowing the testing of your faith produces patience. So you know something. There's something that you know. You intimately know that as I am being tested, it is going to produce patience in my life. Somebody say the word patience. patience. Say it louder. Say it again. Patience. patience. It's going to produce patience in your life. And patience is cheerful endurance. And, and here's the key. You don't get patience by praying for it. I wish, I wish you did because God would answer the prayer, right? And I don't have to go through nothing. I'll just get it. Hallelujah. I pray for patience. Thank you, Lord. I got patience. No, patience is only developed through testing. Let me say it again. Patience is only developed through testing. Patience is only developed through testing. You're sitting in the traffic. I got to get where I need to get that. Start working on the patience. Then start taking that situation and use it like as a dumbbell. I'm just going to work on my bicep today. I'm just going to be patient. I'm going to pop in a Pastor Devon teaching uh, series in the car, and I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to be patient as I'm stuck in this traffic, and I'm going to gain something as I wait. I'm going to gain something as I wait. But we don't like this word, wait. We, we want it now. I mean, we're talking about wait. What are you talking about, I can't have it now? What are you talking about that, you know, Pookie got it and Ray Ray got it. Why don't I have it now? You are going to be developed through the testing of your faith, which is, somebody say it, patience. Patience. You know that as you're being tested, God is developing a a fruit, a characteristic on the inside of you that will cause you to be cheerful, cause you to increase in your stamina, cause you to increase in your endurance, and will cause you 
to be fully developed, lacking nothing. It's this word patience. Patience is the key to, to receive everything that God has promised you. It's going to require patience. I, I, I um, was watching, recently I, I was watching uh, some high schoolers, they were doing a cross-country run, and uh, they were doing a 5K, which is what, over a little over three miles. Genie, how much is a 5K? 3.1? 3.1, Genie runs 5K. So they were running 5Ks, and I, I was watching them, and, you know, I would have I fell out, be, you know, about right at the mile mark, that's it. Yeah, that's, that, that's it. I'm not going no further than that. Right. And um, I was watching them go and they were running and they were running around and they were running. And and the Lord, you know, the Lord talks to me about I, I get a sermon in everything, by the way. So if you have a conversation with me, guess what? I'm probably thinking about a sermon while we're talking about it. But I saw them running, running, running around. And uh, I thought, man, they really had to develop. They had to develop their bodies to be able to finish this, whether they got first or not, to be able to finish, there's got to be some development. Don't you wish they just, you know, I could pray, Lord, I just pray I make this three point, you know, one, two mile run and everything will be all right. No, I've got to put in the work. I've got to test my body. I got to put, I got to examine, I got to measure myself up and see, can I do this? And they've run and they, I was, I was pleased to see the result, they all finished the run. And I'm sitting there like, wow, I would have been done a long time ago because there hadn't been any testing placed on me. But if I'm going to endure, there's, there must be tests along the way. How many want to get to the next level? You want to go higher, want to get to the next level in God. You want to get to the next level in your job. Maybe you want to get to the, whatever, the next level in your marriage. Maybe you want to get married. I don't know. You want to go to the next level. It's not going to automatically happen. There's going to be testing that takes place. You're going to have to prove something to yourself and to God. I don't have to prove anything to God. Uh, yes, you do. Can you be trusted? Can your character cause you to stand on that next level? Can you, can, can you keep your mouth shut on that next level? Oh, who am I talking to on this? Can you, can you hold your peace on, on that next level? And so you're going to be tested with little things breaking down at the house. Can you, if you, if you can go overcome that, then you can, you can overcome people issues. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. All of it is a test. Got a nail in my tire. That's a test. It's a test. Oh, man, I burnt, I, I cooked dinner and I burnt all the food. That's a test. There was a situation, I got to tell this story. So, oh, man, Stacy bought me this nice, juicy steak. Woo, glory to God. It was good. We marinated this steak and I got a grill outside and, woo, we were going to, I was going to put, I couldn't wait to pop that in my mouth. It was, it just jumped in my mouth, I was telling you, but I had to get on the grill first. Had to get on the grill first. So we put it on the grill and I let it simmer and I got it to perfection. I like my steak medium, the medium well. So I got it to perfection. It was good to go. And I said, I'm going to let it simmer on the grill. And I cut the grill off and closed the top. And someone told me, let it simmer for eight minutes on the grill. Oh, that sound good. Let it marinate. I let it simmer. Simmer on the grill. Now I cut the grill off, okay? Grill is cut off. 
okay? No fire. I'm in the house. Oh, I'm talking to Satan. We high-fiving about the steak. We're going to eat this steak. High-fiving. Woo, it's going to be good. And I go back out there, and the grill is on fire. It's, it's, I mean, it's on fire. And I open it up, and the steak was gone. It disintegrated. Tess. I go out there, I'm like, oh! And so, I'm doing all this. I go back in the house, and immediately I heard the Spirit of God. I heard the Spirit of God. I mean, the Spirit of God didn't talk to you in an instant. He said, your kids are going to watch your reaction. I heard that, right? It's, your kids are going to watch your reaction. I walked in because I was ready to start throwing stuff. Uh-huh. I, I walked in. I heard that your kids are going to, and they're looking at me. And Stacey's like, kids, 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 leave, leave, leave daddy alone, leave daddy alone. And, and they look at me, and I said, mm. I grabbed that grill, and I threw it in the trash. I literally, at that moment, took it to the curb. Call the trash man, come get this grill. I was done with the grill. And I leaped in the car and I drove off. Stacy's like, where are you going? And she called, where are you going? I said, I need some steak tonight. And we're going to go to the store and get the steak already cooked. And I'm going to bring it back home. <laughs> that was a test. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be perfect. Please don't misunderstand me. You're going to miss the mark. That's why there's grace and mercy. You're, going to, you're, you're probably going to say some things that you shouldn't say. You probably, you probably will disappoint your kids in one way or another. That's not your motive. It's not your intention. But it's, it's bound to happen. My point is, view it as a test, though. Like, okay, I want them to see that if, when daddy's angry, and I rarely get angry. When he's angry, he don't, he don't cuss, fuss, throw stuff around the house. Daddy responded, calm. And I just walked out the house. And jumped in my car. And I want them to see that. That you know what? You can get upset. Things are going to happen. But that's not an excuse to cuss nobody out. Matter of fact, can I go deeper? Can we, no one can make you mad. Let me go deeper. With it. You, can't, you choose to get mad. Well, they made me mad. No, they didn't. You chose to get mad. Well, he called me this name. And I had to respond in that way. No, you don't. No, you don't. I, I, when people call me stuff, I just laugh and say, you're not talking to me. You're not talking to me. So you're talking to somebody else. That ain't me. Well, you, you, I don't know who they talking to. Somebody about not talking to me. You, you, you don't have to respond the way the world wants you to respond. Now, I'm not saying you don't have any emotions or feelings, but guard your heart. Check your emotions and realize that everything that you're experiencing is a test. And can you pass the test? Can you pass the test? When I first, uh, the Lord asked me to to go into the ministry and, and we got in and I've told this story before, but someone had bought me a really nice watch. I mean, it was it was bling bling. If you know what I mean, it was shining and all that. It was really nice. And, and I, I wore it. I didn't want to wear it to church. I was like, oh, I bet not wear it to church, you know. Oh, gosh. I wore it to church. And, and, and the Lord said, uh, I felt like he said, wear it to church. I was like, oh, people are going to be like, oh, he passed us stole money for that watch. And, oh, gosh, and, you know, people are going to say, where you get that watch from? And I ended up giving that watch away because I was too embarrassed to wear the watch. I was too embarrassed because I thought people are going to talk about me and they're going to think I did this and that. Guess what? I didn't grow up from that. I didn't grow up from that. Y'all going to think what you want about me anyway. When I finally get my Range Rover, y'all going to be, where did he get that? God didn't bless me with it. Okay? 
and I'm going to drive it, and I'm going to roll the window down and smile at you and say, look what the Lord has done. Right? And so I, you had to grow up, and I, I felt like the Lord talked. When I gave that watch away, I felt like the Lord was talking to me, like, you're going to have to be able to receive the blessings that I want to give you. If you want to if you want to go further, go farther, go faster, you're going to have to be able to receive. It's not what you got, it's how you got it. It's how did you get it. And so you're going to have to be able to be tested. And there are going to be little things along the way that is testing you. But most importantly, the things that take a little longer is what you're going to have to work on. Like, I'm believing God for maybe uh, to, to get rid of a, a diabetes or, or cancer or some form of ailment in your body. It might take a little longer. And this is where you have to add patience. You're going to have cheerful endurance. You're going to have to wait and, and simply be excited while you're waiting. Literally excited. Uh, we went to a, a restaurant a few years ago. It was actually my mom and I. We went to a restaurant. We hadn't seen each other in a while. And so we sat down and we were talking, 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 and the food took forever to come. But we didn't even, we didn't even realize it. We were catching up, talking. We were just laughing and talking and enjoying ourselves. And the manager came to the table. He said, I am so excited. I'm sorry, not excited. He said, I am so sorry that, that it's taking this long for the food to come. The food is on the house. We never get and we're like, praise God. But we were enduring with cheer and didn't even consider, you know, that it was taking a while or not. I mean, I knew we knew it was taking a while, but we were cheerfully waiting for the food. And the manager came out and said, I want to comp you. Listen, it's a, it's a test. I want to get to the next level, guys. I, I want God, I want, God's got big plans for me. Does he have big plans for you too? I'm talking about enormous plans, plans that, that will prosper you and give you a future and a hope. But it would be unjust of him to put us there if we don't have the character and the stamina to stand once we get there. So we got we to gotta be tested. It, it would be unfair for me to hand my beloved son, Zavin, the keys to my car. Does he have two legs? Yes. Does he have a, a brain? Yes. Hands? Yes. Does, does he have everything he needs in the physical to do it? Yes. But he's not ready because he hasn't been tested. Who wants to fly on an airplane that and the pilot has not been tested? Raise your hand. You want to fly on that plane and he hasn't been a tested pilot? No. No, I want a guy on that plane that's been tested. If he gets experience, yeah. He gets, a, would you want him to get on the house? Hey, guys, this is my first flight. I've never been in a cockpit before. And I am going to take y'all home. I, I, I would say, open the doors. You know what? I am out. I'll wait on the next flight. Guess what? At that point, I'm willing to wait. Next flight going to be tomorrow. I'll be on that one then. <laughs> I'll get a hotel. I don't need to go through your practice. I need someone that's been tested. I need someone that's, that's gone through some things and having done all the stand, they are standing. And this is where God wants us to be. This is what patience is all about. It says there in verse four, put it on the screen there if you don't mind, Kelly. Look at verse four. It says, let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete. Watch this. Lacking nothing. Now, let's take this literal. That word perfect means fully developed. 
mature. It, it's the word mature, that you may be mature. So we're going to have to grow up. We're going to have to we're going to have to be mature. We're, we're, we're going to have to uh, ascend to a level of maturity that we haven't been to before. And it's, it, 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 only, it only happens through, through testing. You're going to have to realize that when someone said something to you, you know what? They're trying they try to get under my skin. That's exactly what they're trying to do. They're looking for this reaction. They want me to act a certain way. I'm more mature than that. I've been here before. Somebody say, I've been here before. That's the attitude you got to have. I've been here before. I know I, I've, I've I played this game before. Now, five years ago, I would have cut you. But you know what? I'm a little more mature today, and I don't have time to cut you. I've got somewhere to go. God's got plans for me, and I don't need to disqualify myself from the plans that God has for me. You know you can, you know you can disqualify yourself. Uh-uh. I'm, I'm, I'm going, this is a test. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to use it as weight and I'm going to get stronger with it. I'm just going to get stronger with it. And then, and then at some point, it's going to be water off a duck's back. You just gonna, it's just going to roll off your back. And somebody will be like, did, did you hear what they said to you about I didn't even hear it. I didn't even hear it. That's where I'm getting to. I, I don't even hear it. I, don't, I didn't even hear that. No, I didn't hear that. Mm-mm. Well, they disrespected you. I didn't even hear it. Because I, I, I'm, I'm above all that uh, pettiness. Don't get caught up at work with all that pettiness. So I'm talking to somebody. Don't get caught up with all that. That's, 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 they, they trying to keep you where they at. But God's got promotion for you to go a little higher, and he wants you to go further, farther, faster than you've ever been before. But patience is what is required. Patience. Patient people are mature people. They, they, they think before they speak. Mm. They don't just rattle off things. They, they wait a little bit. And you, when you develop this patience, you can, you can be comfortable in, in waiting. Ra- Rachel and Claire, over here, focus over here, girls. I want y'all to focus on this message here. You can be, you can be patient and you can develop and really begin to wait on what the Lord is doing in your life. You can wait on it. God's not in a hurry. He's not in a hurry. So you don't need to be in a hurry. But then at the appointed time, it'll happen. Right at the appointed time. Because you've been developed and mature, lacking Nothing. I mean, when that term lacking nothing means that you have everything that you need. You have everything you need in order to do what God has positioned you to do. I want to get to this lacking nothing place. And it only comes through the testing of your faith. Now look at this verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. This is in the Passion Translation. It says, we all experience times of testing. Look at this. Which is normal for every human being. But God will be faithful to you, 
He will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And in each test is an opportunity to trust him more. For along for long with every trial, God has provided for you in a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. Now, this is important. Go back there to that first part. Look at this. He will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test or trial you face. I thought that was so important in the Passion Translation, that he surveyed your situation. He knows who you are. He knows your ability. He knows your capability. He knows what you're going through. So therefore, he will not allow a test to come knowing that you're not able to get through the test. So if a test comes, he's fully aware because he's already surveyed your ability that you can beat and pass the test. Oh, that is so good that if a test comes, I can pass this test. There has never have been, nor will there ever be a test that comes towards you that you cannot pass. I don't care if you're in school and you're taking a math test, you can pass that test. I don't care if you're at work and you're taking a test to get promoted, you can pass that test. I don't care if you're at work and you got a manager that's acting like a buffoon. I'm being tested right now, but God would have never allowed this manager to be my manager unless he knew, he or she, or unless God knew that I can pass this test. So that means he's faithful, he's loyal, he's reliable, he's consistent to not allow you to be tested beyond what you're able to withstand. Oh, I think I just think that is so gracious of our Father that, uh, yes, testing will come, and, and, and all the tests that come from God, hear me clearly, I need to say this, all the tests that come, that come to you, God is never going to send a test to you that's dealing with sickness or disease because he bore that on the cross for you. He's redeemed you from that. By his stripes, you were healed. So his tests are not sickness and disease types of tests. Not testing you with cancer. Well, I'm testing them to see if they go, no, no, no. That's, would you test your kids with cancer? How many would put cancer on their kids? Nobody would do that. Why would God do that? And so he's not testing you with sickness or disease. But there will be tests of obedience. And there will be character tests. And in these tests of obedience or character tests, you will be developed through the testing if you allow yourself to be flexible. You'll develop and you'll be mature and you'll grow up and you won't lack anything. Somebody say no lack. I mean, that's what we all want is no lack. It's going to require testing. And I believe as we go forward, as we live a little bit longer, we're going to have more and more and more tests along the way. And we need to begin to view them in the right way, with the right perspective, that these tests that I am going through are to, if I, if I view them correctly, they will cause me to be fully developed. And I won't lack anything, but I have to consider and count joy in the process. What's the joy? I know that if I keep plowing through this test, on the other end, I'm going to be perfect and complete, lacking 
nothing. It's like when you work out, if you just keep working out, on the other end, I'm going, I'm going to be in the shape that I want to be in. If I, if I can just keep eating right, on the other end, everything's going to change. If I can keep reading the word, I'm going to, I'm going to trust the God more and more. It's the same way. You know something. You know that there will be an expected end on the other side. And so our faith will be tested. We will be tested. But we have the opportunity to be fully developed. Somebody say fully developed. I want to be fully developed. I want to be, I want to be mature. I want to be fully developed. I have my instances of childishness. I want to be fully developed, lacking nothing. And that comes with the right perspective of testing. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.